back, my friends. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. I am your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you tonight, as every night, all the way from the sunny climes of Western Japan. And it's great to have you here on the broadcast this week. Once again, we have another very interesting week of guests and topics lined up for your listening pleasure. So first, right away, why don't we go through what's coming up on the broadcast this week. And the first guest this week is going to be coming up on Wednesday night. We're going to be talking to Madison Rupert of EndTheLie.com, a very, very good source of news and information generally. So we're going to be talking to him on Wednesday night about all of the latest breaking news and information and geopolitics from all around the world. And then on Thursday night, of course, we have the new Thursday night routine here on Corbett Report Radio where we talk to James Evan Pilato, of course, of MediaMonarchy.com and CyberspaceWar.com and HolyHexes.com and FoodWorldOrder.com. And, of course, we'll be talking about all the latest from the world of food, health, and the environment in the latter half of Thursday night's broadcast. And then on Friday night, of course, it's Friday night highlights where we'll dip into the archives of CorbettReport.com or some, some of the old golden oldies from, from my work over the last four and a half years there, some of the articles, interviews, videos, and podcast episodes that I've created and conducted, again, over the past four and a half years, since the middle of 2007. And tonight on the broadcast, we have a very interesting topic lined up for you, and we're going to be talking about domestic spying. Now, this is a topic that I certainly have covered on CorbettReport.com, many times in the past, but perhaps most notably way back in episode 176 of my podcast, which was released in February of this year, in which uh, we went over 30 ways that you are being spied on, and we went through a number of clips there about various ways that the government is spying, tracking, surveilling, and generally keeping tabs on the public. And just reading through some of the, the things that we covered in, in that episode, we had, for example, Walmart announcement from the Department of Homeland Security with, of course, big sis Janet Napolitano announcing the Stasi snitch state in America, where she's encouraging everyone to snitch on each other, which is probably the most uh, malicious and insidious way that they can set up this spying grid is to get people spying on each other. We also went through mobile x-ray vans. We went through electronic inset insects that the U.S. government have manufactured to uh, to uh, bring surveillance to the next level. Uh, there's this, the spy blimps that uh, Utah is using uh, to spy on its own citizens. There's the uh, various uh, cell phone software that can be in, in, installed and implanted to spy on people. Um, there was a university tracking study that was being done in the U.K. where they were tracking everybody's mobile phones. And uh, there was Google Wi-Fi spying that we know has been going on, where they were snapping up all of the information from various Wi-Fi networks, just driving around, snapping up all this information wholesale. We went through uh, cybersecurity laws that are threatening to track all Internet users even more so, and basically making it part of the law that ISPs have to track everything that everyone is doing online and keep that information on record indefinitely for the governments to snap up that information anytime they so choose. And, of course, we went through... Things like uh, the the uh, internet spying that's been go- we know has been going on for many many years uh, with the NSA literally living in the back door of various uh, internet service providers. So we went through all of that and more in episode 176 of my podcast. So I hope you will go and check that out if you want even more information on tonight's topic. But tonight we're going to be covering some of the latest news on this very sensitive topic of 
tracking and spying and surveillance where the government is watching everything you do. So if you want to get in on tonight's conversation, it's 1-800-313-9443. 1-800-313-9443. We will get you up and on the air, so stay right there. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to your TuneIn Corbett Report Radio, and I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and tonight we're going over the domestic surveillance spy state, the snitch state, the surveillance state, the big brother state, where the government is watching and recording and tracking and surveilling and databasing everything you do, and we are being told at every possible opportunity in the mainstream controlled corporate media that this is not a problem and that you have nothing to be worried about. Because, of course, if you have nothing to hide, then, well, what do you have to worry about? And if you want to get in on tonight's conversation, either to share what you are concerned about in this unfolding surveillance state, or perhaps even to to go with the mainstream opinion and to argue that, in fact, we don't have anything to worry about, and it's all just paranoid conspiracy fantasies, well, either way, you can get in on tonight's conversation at 1-800-313-9443. But uh, actually, first, let's start by going over a story that, that we touched on a, a couple of weeks ago, and then last week we, we updated a little bit, and that's the, uh, the, the drone story over Iran, which we talked about a little bit last week. Uh, I thought it was interesting, especially in the wake of our recent broadcast here on Corporate Report Radio, where we, we were positing that the next false flag event might be a type of hacked drone scenario. And uh, lo and behold, the very week after that uh, broadcast aired, the Iran, um, supposedly, we were originally being told, shot down a U.S. spy surveillance drone that was uh, flying over their airspace. And uh, the original story that was put out immediately in that wake was that uh, that the U.S. was just operating the drone, minding its own business, flying over Afghanistan, and it suddenly veered off course and went straight into the heart of Iran. And then they, uh, 24 hours later, they had to admit, yeah, that, that was completely uh, BS. That was totally made up. And in fact, actually, the, uh, the drones uh, was actually flying over Iran as part of its CIA spying mission. So they, they eventually had to come clean with that. I, I noted last week it was interesting how they immediately went with the, the hacked drone angle, but then they withdrew it when it seemed it probably wasn't going to fly. Forgive the pun. But uh, but actually, I had a listener send in this story from BBC News that uh, it, that came out on the 8th of December last week. Um, Iran shows film of captured U.S. drone where it notes, quote, Iranian TV has shown the first video footage of an advanced U.S. drone aircraft that Tehran said it downed 140 miles from the Afghan border. Images show Iranian military officials inspecting the RQ-170 Sentinel stealth aircraft, which appears to be undamaged. U.S. officials have acknowledged the loss of the unmanned plane, saying it had malfunctioned. However, Iranian officials say its forces electronically hijacked the drone drone and steered it to the ground. BBC security correspondent Frank Gardner says the intact condition of the Sentinel tends to support their claim. End quote. So there you go. Iran is now saying officially that they hacked the drone to bring it down, and it is complete. It is in one piece. You can go see the video, watch the picture, watch the video and see the pictures, 
It is in one piece. It does look completely undamaged. So there might be some credibility to this. Maybe Iran and the Iranian Revolutionary Guard really did hack this drone and guide it down to the ground. If so, what does that say about the security of these drones? And what does that say about the exact premise that we were positing here on Corporate Report Radio just uh, a week and a half ago where we were saying that they were leaving the back door open, so to speak, on these drones as a way of, well, perhaps causing an incident exactly like this, which, of course, leads us one step closer to the war in Iran, which we know that the authorities really want to get going and get launched in a major way. All sorts of development on that front, unfortunately. But today we're talking about domestic spying, the government spying on its own citizens, and unfortunately that, too, also relates to this drone story. Not the Iranian drone story specifically, but the, the concept of these drones being used to spy on citizens and of course, as I'm sure many of you saw over the weekend, this incredible story from GrandForksHerald.com, the 11th of December, Border Patrol drone was used to arrest Brossarts. And it says, the use of a Border Patrol high-flying drone in the air in the arrest last summer of members of the Rodney Brossart family at their Nelson County farm is the first such use of a well-known military unmanned aerial vehicle to apprehend a civilian, according to a news report. And you can go and read that report for more details on the arrest itself and how it was carried out. But yes, basically, the uh, the drone belonged to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency, and they're operating eight predators on the country's borders, as I noted back in our drone episode uh, a week and a half ago, that the, uh, the Border Patrol is now patrolling the border with these drones, which is kind of ironic, considering they're now coming up with this grand scheme to basically leave the door wide open between the uh, Mexican-American border, but the American-Canadian border, they've got the drones and they've got the new the new uh, border uh, agreement that was just signed last week between U.S. and Canada, which uh, actually allows U.S. police to operate in Canada, and I believe vice versa, as part of the new continental security perimeter they want to bring in as a way to sneak in the the North American Union by default. But, uh, but on this drone story, we can go to activistpost.com from the 12th of December for more of a write-up and more of a breakdown of what this was really about. And this is by Michael Edwards of Activist Post. And he writes, It is a sign of just how fast the police state is advancing that drones in American skies have gone from conspiracy theory to admitted fact in about a year. In a precedent-setting event, local law enforcement in North Dakota nabbed three suspected armed men with the help of a Predator B unmanned drone. It was only after the drone confirmed that the men were unarmed that the police moved in to make the arrest. It has now become clear that, as we have written and warned about for the past year, the drones that were supposedly commissioned strictly as tools for border control will now patrol inland for suspected criminals on American soil, heralding a new level of police state oppression. In April, I wrote about the future expansion of unmanned drones over America based on the admissions made by two-star General John Pretty from the U.S. National Air Security Operations Center, evidenced in the video below. And there is a link, a video here in this article, so you please please go there to watch it. It says, it, uh, basically, Pretty was saying that the continued expansion of Predator drone surveillance was a stated goal for the coming years. And this article continues to break down all of the various types of uh, border control incidents and all of the other signs of the advancing military police state. But, of course, that's something that we're well aware of here on Corporate Report Radio. We've been documenting, for example, in our conversations with Eric Schein and his ongoing legal troubles, which, of course, play into the bigger picture of the question of posse comitatus itself 
and it's a shine that Eric Schein make. It's a point that Eric Schein makes often, and one that I think is extremely valid that the Department of Homeland Security is, for all intents and purposes, the new Department of Defense. And the Department of Defense, so-called, is really a Department of War. Basically, there's a two-stage battlefield uh, going on. There's the the, uh, the there's the domestic battlefield, and then the foreign battlefield. And more and more, we're seeing what that actually means as the DHS and the Customs and Border Patrol and all of these other agencies that are always there for our security and to keep us lovingly swaddled in the police state control grid are, in fact, brazenly violating posse comitatus, deploying what are, in, in effect, military assets as uh, in the pursuit of domestic criminals or domestic uh, suspected criminals or suspected terrorists. Of course, that's always the watchword, isn't it? It's always terrorists, and they're always for our own interests, and they always want to protect us. So this is the way, of course, the Republic dies, as has been made by a point that's been made by many people in many different contexts, including, of course, even Star Wars, where, of course, the Republic dies in the thunderous applause because it's done in the name of security and law and order. Anyways, I have many, many more points to go over about the domestic state surveillance spy grid that's being slotted into place right now, but we already have some callers on the line, so I don't want to leave them holding. Let's go straight to Rich in New York. Rich, thank you for joining us tonight. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? Great, thank you. Um, you know, I think it was Bob Dollinger that, uh, speaking of the Vatican back in the 1800s, where he was the one who coined the phrase, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Um, the power that we're giving this government right now will turn into an absolute power if we continue to let that happen. I live in New York. I live on Long Island. You can't go down any main street anymore in this uh part of the country without uh, seeing uh, the red light uh, cameras. Um, if you dare to make a right on red, one second after that light turns, uh, you're getting a $75 fine in the mail. Uh, and with that, you have a, uh, basically you have a, uh, a video that you can watch um, of your car going through that light. Um, we know that this is beta testing. We know that this is uh, going to go a lot further than just tracking people uh, for going through red lights, which is, for all intents and purposes, not really what it's there for. Um, we'll find that out much later. Uh, this is a tracking device for many other reasons. Um, you know, with the news coming out, with the internment camps, with everything else going on, I, I just can't see that there would be any other way to stop this than a complete rise-up of the people to completely just stop it. When... Are people going to wake up? I know that the media controls, uh, the, ma the mainstream media has control over everything. There are enough patriots in this country with enough money to get the word out. Uh, there are enough people in this world, I mean, I'm sorry, in this country particularly, uh, if you look at statistics like Pennsylvania where there's 1.2 million uh, registered uh, gun owners just for hunting, um, I can't see how they can see this through. But at the same time, with the blindness that I live around, it, it'll, you almost can see it. And yeah. by allowing well, every, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say I, I, I absolutely agree with you 100% there because it's as always the case when the, when the government comes and starts taking more and more of these freedoms and liberties away and starts uh, putting in more of this technology to track people in the name of security, it is a question of how do you claw that back? I mean, once the government gets a hold of those powers, they're never going to get, get, uh, let let it go willingly. 
Right, and why? And the, the reason, when you if you think about it, airports. Now I live right outside New York City. Um, if a terrorist really wanted to do damage, he would just have to walk into the middle of Times Square at any any point of day or night. It, it, there's a lot more people than there are on a plane, and it would cause a lot more problems. Um, you know, this beta testing in the airports. Now there are football games. I mean, if you think about it, you know, one of America's pastimes. People are allowing. I speak to people that go to professional football games, friends of mine, and they don't care. Oh, it's, it's not a big deal. Exactly. Exactly. And again, that's part of the general overall conditioning to get people to accept this in all manner of our walk of life. But right, let's just hold on for a minute. If you want to hold over, we'll hold on to the next uh, over the next break. Back to the broadcast, friends. James Corbett here from CorbettReport.com. And tonight we're going over the domestic surveillance police state spy grid that is watching over everything you're doing, tracking everything you're doing, putting it in databases, and creating their little profiles on you so that the government can know all about what you are doing, what you are buying, who you are associating with, what you are talking about, and where you are going. And for people who don't find that to be a chilling scenario, well, I think you haven't. You haven't watched enough science fiction, for one thing, because it's a recurring theme in a lot of science fiction, isn't it? But at any rate, tonight we're talking, of course, taking your calls, and we're right now talking to Rich in New York. So, Rich, thank you for holding over. Was there anything else you wanted to add to, to tonight's conversation? Well, yes. I mean, you know, this all ties into, a, you know, as we know, a global plan. And um, what's really telling is if you go back to the beginning, you know, the founding of our country and, just look at the farewell address of George Washington, and in that address, he basically said that uh, regard to foreign nations, we are to extend our commercial relations, but to have with them as little political connection as possible. You fast forward a couple of hundred years to uh, Bush Senior, and he stands right in front of the uh, you know the United States I'm sorry, the United Nations Assembly in 1991, basically saying on the ruins of conflict. Uh, brave men and women built an era of peace and understanding to inaugurate the new world order. You know, so, you know, we've had all of the hints that we could take through the years. Nobody listened, but yet people will still say it's just a conspiracy theory. They'll listen to the words of these people speaking. They'll read the documents, what they've written, but yet they'll still think that people like you, myself, are lunatics. And Unfortunately as that, so, but less and less so, certainly less and less so as this oh, yeah. uh, plan unfolds. There, because I, as you yeah. say, the tyranny, once it becomes more and more in people's faces, um, I mean, they right. can put all their spin and gloss on it that they want and try to put their, you know, million-dollar news budgets to work at trying to make this sound good. But I don't think people right. are falling for it in anywhere near the numbers that they were even 10 or 20 years ago. So we are winning no, and, the PR and, battle, but it's a question of, you know, who can win the race. That, Right, and that's why today you read uh, one of the headlines that the um, Senate now looks to vote for an Internet switch, uh, kill switch. Why? Because the information is moving so rapidly that people are able to find out the truth and what's going on, and too many people are finding it out too quick, and that's why everything's happening in rapid motion right now. The surveillance and, and everything, they need to get a grip on, on what's going on. I'm speaking of, of course, the, uh, the globalists uh, exactly. to control us. Exactly right, and that's why they're coming out with their SOPA Act and all of this uh, nonsense to try to curtail what people are doing on the Internet and 
create the legal infrastructure that they can shut down websites at, at random or as they want, because obviously right. it is the websites that's making the difference, and it's the people who are getting the word out online who really are changing the game right now, which is why it's incredible to be alive at this point in human history when really so much is on the line, and we're facing an unspeakable scientific dictatorship, but we also have the tools for unlocking minds right at our fingertips. That's why if you're I not in the game, what are you doing? I can't imagine a better time for myself to be living in. I wouldn't have wanted to live in any other time because I, I think this is the time that will be the most significant, uh, the most significant period of time within the last 2,000 years. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. agreed. And we are living through the new Gutenberg revolution, so let's make the most of it. Rich, uh, thank you so much for your call, but we have another caller on the line as well, Chris in Las Vegas, waiting patiently. Thank you so much for your call, Chris. Uh, what's on your mind tonight? Hello, James. In view of your conversation, particularly the drone, uh, it was really quite interesting tonight because I had previously, I think on your show and at least a couple of others for sure on RBN and a couple of other channels, had put forth the proposition that I thought perhaps the signal from the drone had been captured by the purported enemy and diverted and converted to their own uses and perhaps blocking the controlling signal of the American forces that had sent it into their sovereign airspace. And then tonight on Fox, I just happened to catch it because I hardly watch the faux news much anymore, but I caught Tony Schaefer, the CIA mouthpiece, retired, and he was espousing that specific scenario where they thought that the signal for controlling the drone may have been blocked and converted or appropriated by the forces over the lands where they were trying to fly over, and apparently they outsmarted the American forces and stole their signal and hijacked their drone, and they could certainly, if they had that technology, turn it around and turn it back on our forces or our country. That's exactly right. And, of course, as we know, they're, they're really leaving the door open for them to do such a thing, which is obviously just to justify what whatever kind of response uh, will be needed in return to to you know, combat that, that supposed threat, which is really just created by themselves. Absolutely. The black ops mercenaries that work for the black ops departments of the government, they could easily fly one over America and now claim it was the Iranians or the Afghanis who flew it over here to do whatever devastating false flag operation they wanted to do and try to put it off on them. But At least drones aren't nuclear-armed at this point, but... Uh... I suppose we're heading in that direction, aren't we? One thing important for non-resident alien American state national citizens that still enjoy an element of protection by the Constitution, there's an important case that they should know of regarding these drone surveillances on American soil, and that would be Katz v. Kirtledge, which specifically addresses fly-by and observation by sheriff's offices or boards of supervisors to inspect backyards were non-visual from common observation points to assess intel to bring about fictitious charges. Go ahead. Take your break. I thank you for your time. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your call, Chris. Uh, great points, as always. So thank you for calling in. And uh, once again, if anyone else wants to get in on tonight's conversation, it's 1-800-313-9443. We're talking about domestic surveillance and spying. We'll be right back with more Corporate Report Radio right after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Welcome back, friends. James Corbett of CorbettReport.com coming to you tonight, as always, from Western Japan. And tonight we're going through the domestic surveillance spy state, talking, of course, about all the ways that Big Brother or Big Sister, in the case of the Department of Homeland Security in the United States, is tracking and surveilling everything you do. And uh, Chris uh, was good enough to hold over for, over the break. So, uh, Chris, uh, thanks for keeping on the line. Uh, what did you want to add? Domestic, domestic terrorism plan... I believe that's what's going on as they're gathering intel by the scientific technocratic method using silent guerrilla mercenary forces to probe Americans' resistance and defenses to the opposition to oppressions and tyranny. And this is specifically what your topic is tonight. And that's what these purported uh, acquisitions of intel about the Mormon food storage houses to check on their customers and some of these other little schemes. They're just probes to see how we're going to react and what we're going to do. But I want all those good scouts out there to keep their board observers, to keep their eyes wide open and on the ball because it's important that we all keep in communication with one another and keep the little shining light of truth that sterilizes them on these buggers because they are up to no good. Absolutely. 100% agreed. Absolutely. And we have to keep in mind that all of this is always a PSYOP that's aimed at the domestic population as much as any any overseas boogeyman terror threat they're telling you about. And it's always about testing how much the public is willing to take. Because if the uh, if the public goes along with, with an inch, then they'll take a mile. And that's exactly what they're looking for in each and every one of these stories that come out. And I have a very, very interesting clip to play that I want to dissect for exactly that type of mentality. So, We'll, uh, we'll move on, but again, Chris, thank you so much for your call, and we also have a caller on the line from L.A. We have James. So, James, thanks for joining us tonight. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. No problem. Um, What's on your mind? Yeah, I, I have um, something, uh, just uh, something to relay to you. I was on my lunch break last week, and, uh, oh, I turn once in a while when I'm on my lunch break, I'll turn on one of these... Um, you know, neocon shows like Dennis Prager or Michael Medved, just to sort of listen to what the propaganda mill is up to. And this guy, Dennis Prager, you know, do you know him? I actually don't. I have no idea. Okay. okay. He, he's one of, he's an arch Zionist, uh, Jewish guy, uh, hardcore neocon. Anyways, he, he's very, he's a, he has a national radio show and he said, this is, Roughly verbatim what he was saying, he said to his listeners, I fear that people are falling asleep back in this country. He said, after 9-11, it woke Americans up to the threat of Islamofascism. But unfortunately, people have in this country have fallen back asleep, and I'm trying to wake you up to the threat that, is, that Iran is posing to this country. And I just, it was just incredible to hear that this guy is saying that basically being awake is uh, believing in the Islamo-fascist such and such. Uh-huh. Mind-boggling. It, it is mind-boggling, especially when, when one considers all of the uh, the black ops that are going on against Iran right now, blowing up their missile centers and all of the, the things that are being done as an explicit attempt to try to get them to react. And the second that that Iran re- reacts in any way to these provocations this is the second that all of a sudden the war becomes on because it's justified, because they struck back. They dared to defend themselves. So unfortunately, yeah. that's exactly what they're trying to set up here. 
Yeah, it's RBN that wakes people up. It's uh, people like Dennis Prager that dispenses the Kool-Aid. <laughs> exactly them. right, my friend. And it yeah. is so much a part of the, uh, the, 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 the entire equation, the way the me- media manipulates people and tries to get them to go along with the agenda. And as I say, I mean, they can try to put all the spin and gloss on this stuff that they want, but more and more people are just not going to be going along with it as they see what it's getting us into. And uh, I really do think that their war agenda has really been stalled for years now because people just don't want another war after the debacle in Afghanistan, the longest uh, war in American history, uh, just a ridiculous uh, concept, really. And then, of course, in Iraq, and all of the, uh, I mean, let alone the, all the human life and all of that that was, uh, that was wasted in all of those, those battles. But, of course, also looking at the, the money, which, uh, as Ron Paul always points out, America, even if it wants to be the world's policeman, can't afford to be anymore. It is beyond bankrupt, and it's just uh, a failed policy in every way, and yet they're still trying to sell it through the media, so... It's an important yeah. factor. Anything and, else in your tonight? Yeah, it's also comical how people like Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity refer to the mainstream media as though they're underground. <laughs> you know, yeah. they are. Yeah, no, I've noticed that. You know, I've noticed that's and, happening and he, a lot he these said, days. He said, or they'll say, the establishment media says da-da-da-da-da, <laughs> as, though, as though, you know, Oh, we're, you know, we're the underground and we're the underdogs. And I'm thinking, are, are, who are you kidding, buddy? You are the establishment. <laughs> As they I, sit in their million dollar sets with it. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's ridiculous, but uh, it's all just the psyops and tricks they try to pull. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, well, great show. Well, thank you so much for the call, James. Great okay. points. Thank, thank you for you. calling in. Okay. And as I said, I have a clip from some mainstream media examining some of these points and the psyops that they try to pull on the public when uh, they think they can pull one over on people and get them to go back to sleep on issues that they should not go to sleep on. So uh, we have a clip lined up for you, and let's let's just go straight to the clip. I won't even set up what it's about. Holiday Rush is underway at Promenade Temecula, but this year is a little different. All you have to do is look at the directories, and you'll see little signs warning shoppers. They're being tracked through their cell phone. Why would anybody care if I go to, you know, Macy's and then go to Penny's or go wherever? It's so, who cares? Marketing managers are the ones who care because they want to know where shoppers like to go. That's why this mall is one of two in the nation that are testing out this tracking system developed by a British company called Path Intelligence. In years past, we'd have to do a shopper intercept and we'd have to stop and ask you, would you mind answering half an hour's worth of questions. Questions like, what are your favorite places to shop or eat? Now, using transponders like this one, the movements of anyone carrying a working cell phone can be recorded. Yada, 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 etc., etc. And if you go and watch the full clip, which I'll put a link to in the notes for tonight's episode on corporatereport.com slash radio, which will be going up in a couple of hours, um, you can go and watch the full clip. And basically it ends by uh, saying that, well, if you want to opt out of this cell phone tracking in the mall, all you have to do is turn your cell phone off. So that, to me, if you go and watch that clip, maybe even watch it a couple of times and really dissect it piece by piece, I think it's a masterpiece of PSYOPs propaganda, and it's functioning on every level, pushing every button that they can possibly push to try to get people to go back to sleep on this issue, while, of course, getting them accustomed to the idea of this nonstop cell phone surveillance and uh, it's it's absolutely amazing when you take a look at, for example, when I was researching this uh, this topic and looking for this clip, I came across a bunch of clips uh, from different stations all across the United States 
that use the exact same footage, the exact same uh, interviews, the exact same people being being presented, but it's got, of course, the uh, the voiceover is by the the local host and the local TV affiliate, so it makes it feel like it's it's from your your hometown where this is coming from. But of course, it's all being coordinated nationally, and it's all this national psyops propaganda to try to get people to go along with the agenda. And if you go and break down how they do it, they start by saying, well, you're being tracked on your cell phone, and it sounds scary. But the very first clip they go to is a, a shopper who immediately says, I don't care. What do I care? I don't care if they're tracking me my, through my cell phone. It doesn't matter. And uh, then they go to the and introduce the idea, well, there's this company that's doing it, and, and they want it because it's uh, the best way to get information about customer movements. And then they go to the clip of interviewing the, uh, the, the spokesman from the company saying, well, you know, in the olden days, we had to do these surveys, and they were really cumbersome. But now we can just look, and we can get the ping from these cell phones, and we can see exactly where people go and how they move and all of this, and then uh, and then the clip ends by saying, "Well, if you don't like it, just turn off your cell phone." Knowing full well, as they always do, that people are socially and and psychologically conditioned to just go into whatever situation a- as it exists. And how many people are going to stop and turn off their cell phone as they enter the mall? And then, and then if they have to use it, well, you better run out of the mall so you don't get tracked. I mean, of course, it's just a way of acclimatizing people to this principle. And insofar as it's just a uh, just one company that's doing it for their their marketing research, uh, there's nothing particularly malicious about it on that aspect. But the fact that it was rolled out in this national campaign and it was covered nationally in the media, there's lots of news stories about it. If you type this in, it was uh, from Black Friday of this year. Two two shopping malls, one in Virginia, one in California, were doing this test system. But uh, but there was a big media rollout about it, and and so many uh, news reports, so many uh, articles were written about it that it was clearly an attempt to get people on board with this cell cell phone tracking agenda. And uh, and and every single report from that time of Black Friday was saying, oh, it's nothing to worry about. You know, look at this interview. People are happy about it. They don't mind being tracked. And this company is, is doing it. And this is why they're doing it. It's a great thing. And every report had that angle. But lo and behold, November 28th, just a couple of days after Black Friday, this comes out on CNN Money at uh, CNN.com, uh, malls stop tracking shoppers' cell phones. And it says uh, two malls are axing their plans to track shoppers' cell phones after a U.S. senator raised privacy concerns over the weekend. And it goes on to say that the original plan was for the malls to continue the survey through New Year's Day. But after receiving a phone call from Senator Charles Schumer's office over the weekend, they put the survey on hold. The technology used antennas set up around the shopping center to anonymously track shoppers as they moved from store to store. Customers were notified of the survey via small signs, and the only way for them to opt out was to turn their phones off. In a press conference on Sunday, Senator Chuck Schumer said the malls should have given shoppers the choice to opt in. A shopper's personal cell phone should not be used by a third party as a tracking device by retailers who are seeking to determine holiday shopping patterns, the New York senator said in a statement. Personal cell phones are just that, personal. If retailers want to tap into your phone to see what your shopping patterns are, they can ask you for your permission to do so. Well, they can, and they probably should, but you can bet that if they can get away with it, they're not going to. Why would they ask for permission when it's so much easier to beg forgiveness? And that's exactly what happened in this case, and that's what we see happening time and time and time again. And as I noted back in that episode 176 of my podcast, 30 Ways You Were Being Spied On, talking about the uh, universities tracking people's mobile phone habits in the UK. They were tracking people's movements and coming up with studies about the way people uh, move and use public transportation and things like that. 
in, in Great Britain. And at the time, they were saying, well, of course, your phones can be used for this. And of course, as university researchers, we can just ask the government to, to make, make a, uh, an exception for us to be able to get this kind of data. But of course, it's an anonymized, so we don't know any, anything about any particular person. So it's all okay. And, and that was the way that was sold. That was the way this Black Friday shopping mall experiment was sold. That's the way it is always sold because, oh, it's just the loving arms of the uh, the, the police state. They're, they're the ones in control, and there's nothing bad that can come of this. They're just trying to look where you're going in the mall. No big deal. But as you and I know, this is part of a much, much bigger plan. It expands much beyond the boundaries of any given shopping mall, and it's more than just these test rollouts that they're introducing the public to in order to acclimatize them the idea in general. So um, yet more different signs of different ways you're being spied on. Uh, we have, for example, uh, this post from the BoilingFrogsPost.com from the 30th of November. It says, meet the Department of Homeland Security's Distinguished Privacy Advisory Committee members. And it's a detailed article going into some of the, uh, the interesting histories of some of the people sitting on the advisory uh, committee for the Department of Homeland Security talking about privacy and people's privacy rights. And of course, they're all chosen from, uh, you know, chief executives of uh, major corporations and connections to Microsoft and things like that. Oh, because Microsoft takes such good care of your privacy concerns, don't they? So again, it's just uh, more of the same uh, coming from the usual suspects, of course, always the elite in crowd and part of the corporatocracy that is hand in glove with the kleptocracy, which is the government. But I'll just read the opening of this uh, lengthy article, and of course the link will be in the notes for today's episode. It says, Yesterday I came across an article on DHS plans to create its own internal fusion center so that its many agencies can aggregate the data they have and make it searchable from a central location, which I'll add parenthetically already exists, of course, but they're just trying to roll it out for the public now. But going back to the article, let's read a few excerpts from this typical half-hearted MSM attempt to provide a semi-complete picture of the state of things when it comes to our government. And this excerpt is from Forbes.com, which writes, Information sharing, or lack thereof, between intelligence agencies has been a sensitive topic in the U.S. After 9-11, there was a push to create fusion centers so that local, state, and federal agencies could share intelligence, allowing the FBI, for example, to see if the local police have anything in their files on a particular individual. Now the Department of Homeland Security wants to create its own internal fusion center so that its many agencies can aggregate the data they have and make it searchable from a central location. Oh, wow, what a surprise. They're trying to use the excuse of the intelligence failure of 9-11, quote-unquote, to justify this just absolute Orwellian tyranny. And people have known and understood for decades and decades that the centralization of power in these police agencies, whatever they call themselves, whatever they are, they're really just Gestapo, basically. And and the centralization of power in these agencies is the problem. It's not the uh, the terrorist boogeymen who are supposedly out there running around willy-nilly doing whatever they want. It's not the, the criminals who are getting away with anything that they want. It's the criminals in the positions of power who set up the system to have every single scrap of data from you that they can that they can collect from all their different places and unfortunately as we know again this already exists they're already doing this they're already sharing we already know about this secret software like the promise software that's been around for for decades now that really does provide this overarching view of of someone's complete history and uh, and unfortunately they just keep feeding in more and more data as we get more and more into the online digital universe where we're free to 
basically give the government any information it wants in a completely open way by signing into all these social uh, media platforms where we give all of our personal details and give it willingly. But uh, just another example of that, of course, was the infamous Information Awareness Office that was launched back in 2002, I believe, again, in the wake of 9-11. And the, uh, the excuse at that time, of course, was that, well, we need to beef up our security and our intelligence, so why don't we get this agency to look at everything you do and collect your your uh, credit cards, collect your medical history, collect every piece of information that the government could possibly get its hands on and put it into this one agency that will track and monitor everything you do. And, of course, what was the symbol of this proposed agency? It was the loving, all-seeing eye of uh, Horus in the capstone of the pyramid radiating the entire Earth. Yeah, nothing, nothing at all sinister about that, right? And, of course, there was a public outlash at that time. There was a backlash at that time. So, of course, they they retreated and they said, oh, okay, we'll go back on the Information Awareness Office and maybe we won't go ahead with that plan. But, of course, as we know and as they've later admitted, well, it really just went underground. It's still there. It just is not called the Information Awareness Office and it's not all contained in that one agency like that. But it still exists and they're still monitoring everything you do. Of course, we've been seeing those revelations coming out over the last several years. But on that note, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll start talking about the solution to all of this surveillance and what we can do about it. to the closing minutes of Corbett Report Radio. Of course, I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and tonight we've been going over some of the aspects of the domestic surveillance spy grid, but of course there are just too many to possibly go over in a short radio program like this. I could literally just read headlines for one hour and still not even cover all of the various schemes and, and scams that are going on right now to try to basically track and surveil everything you're doing and put them in searchable databases for the pleasure of law enforcement officials, quote-unquote. But the question, of course, when we start to look at this data is what do we do about it and what can possibly be done to to fight back against the system or to claw back some of the idea even of privacy, which itself is being eroded in our social media universe. And there are some indications of what might be a possible solution. Of course, I always advocate getting the word out and getting other people informed on these issues because one key way that the entire grid functions, not just the surveillance grid, but of course every other aspect of the new world order we see unfolding is basically propagated because the vast majority of people are kept in the dark about what's going on. If you could just get them to take a look at these uh, articles and these headlines and things like this, more more and more people would see what is going on and would realize that there is something that needs to be confronted here. Of course, there are always those people who will just put their heads in the sands and will deny everything, but I think we have to move on from that and just work with those people we can work with. So there are some ideas about how to do this and how to get, get more attention. And here's an interesting one, which I'm not throwing my support behind necessarily, but I think it's an interesting idea anyway. It comes from CRN.com. It was published uh, on December 2nd, 2011, and it says, WikiLeaks launches site to expose domestic spying. 
WikiLeaks has launched a spin-off site that marked its debut by publishing hundreds of documents from 160 companies that sell mass surveillance systems to countries. The documents published on the Spy Files site unveiled Thursday include brochures, catalogs, contract manuals, newsletters, papers, presentations, and price lists. WikiLeaks worked with media organizations from six countries, including the Washington Post in the U.S., in building the site, which WikiLeaks co-founder Julian Assange called a whistleblowing source protection platform. Ha ha ha. Well, whatever you might think of Julian Assange, and personally, I think he's straight out of central casting from Spook Headquarters. And I mean, really, if he was in a James Bond movie as the villain, you wouldn't even bat an eyelid. I mean, he's he's just not the kind of character one would really expect in real life. But at any rate, um, certainly working with The Washington Post and The Guardian and all of the usual mainstream corporate cover-up mediums, I think we can understand what WikiLeaks is about. And again, there's more on that recently from Sibel Edmonds at Boiling Frog's Post, where she noted she had access, of course, in the FBI to some of the uh, diplomatic cables with Turkey. And she's been waiting for years for WikiLeaks to release those cables. But when they uh, did the big dump of all the cables... Oh, guess what? The uh, the ones related specifically to her case is uh, completely missing. It's 1996 to 2001. All of those cables documenting in black and white that the government was working with terrorists in the region. Oh, they're all conveniently missing. So I think we all know what WikiLeaks is really about. But the idea, at any rate, of exposing the corporate connection to all of this spying is absolutely crucial. Because, of course, without the corporate connection, I don't think it could go on. It could not function in the way it is. And we know there are so many companies that do actually make a profit by selling your information to government. And for more on that, I'd suggest Cryptome.org. Cryptome.com? No. (laughs) Let me check on that for you. But I suggest Cryptome because uh, Cryptome.org, yes, that's right, because they were actually sued by Microsoft over all of this. But at any rate, we're fresh out of time, so thank you once again for your time this evening. I'm looking forward to more interesting broadcasts this week right here on Corporate Report Radio. Thank you all for listening, and take care.